Hey, I'm Pastor Mark, and this is Pathways, and I'm really excited about this journey that we are about to embark on. It's a 42-day journey, and like any journey, you know, there's a lot of preparation. I'm not sure if you've ever gone out of the country or, or just planned for a trip that's, a, you know, a week or, or you know, two, but, but there's a lot of preparation, right? I mean, if you're like me, you know, there's the, there's the packing process where, where, you know, you've got to make sure that, you know, you have clean underwear for each day, right? Maybe even an extra pair just in case, you know. Uh, socks, uh, you know, usually I don't pack uh, shirts for each day because I'm hoping to pick up a couple of new shirts uh, along the way, uh, things like that, you know, uh, shorts and, and, and all of that good stuff. You know, then you pack your toiletries, you got to make sure that, you know, you have all of your, you know, kind of medications, kind of, uh, you know, all that kind of different stuff, toothpaste, toothbrush, floss, right? All, all, that, all that kind of stuff. But you never really know if you got it all, right? You never really know. You're like, you think you do. You go through the checklist. You think you got it all good. And you have all of this anxiety about the, about the trip. And I'm like, oh, you know, you know, did I pack this or did I pack that? Did I forget that? You know, uh, did I take my handgun out of my carry-on? You know, all, all of that kind of kind of thing. You know, just trying to make sure. And you have all this anxiety. You know, you're 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 checking in and like, oh man, I hope I I get you know through TSA. You know, I hope I don't meet a special friend who works for TSA. I uh, you know I don't want to start a long-term relationship, right? Uh, and, you know, finally, you, you know, you, you try to get, you know, your seat, right? And, you know, you're like, oh, you know, you're probably in your mind, it's like, okay, if you're traveling by yourself, like, oh, please don't have me next to a weird person who's going to talk the whole time or tell me about their 10 cats or, or something like that, uh, or a screaming kid or, or things. I'm a lot more tolerant of that, that that now, though. I used to be the worst. Like, I'm like, do something with that kid. But now I'm like, I'm okay with it because I've had screaming kids and there's nothing you can do. So, you know, just all of that anxiety. But, and then, you know, once you like sit down and everybody's seated and the non-gender specific flight attendant does their spiel and I'm just trying to be politically correct. I didn't hit it. No, no. It's, a, it's a work in progress for me. So, uh, so they, you know, they uh, do their spiel and the, and the doors close. And for something, for me at least, when like the doors close and you start to pull back, because it doesn't matter if you packed your underwear at that point, it doesn't matter. If you got your toothpaste or this or that, you're just going to have to make do. You are on the plane and you are going. Guess what? The doors have closed. The very manly Dan has uh, told us all about, you know, the, the different stuff that's going on. And we are pushing back from the gate and we are going on a 42-day journey. And a lot of prayer and preparation has gone into it. But you know what? We may get in our growth groups or we, we may 
you know, uh, have conversations or maybe on a Sunday or, 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 you know, at the red eye or something like that, we'll find, you know what, we forgot to pack this, but you know what? We're on the trip and we're going to make do. And, and you know what? This is the, the 40 days of our church where we come together and we encourage each other and say, you know what, let's fully participate in our church. And to me, what makes this journey so special is because we do it with one another. And last week, uh, I was reminded of the importance of the word with. Was anybody at the 9 a.m. gathering? Okay, you guys know what I was was talking about. There I was, speaking about the parable that Jesus told that actually probably means the most to me in my life. Luke chapter 15. And it's setting it up and, and it's saying, Luke writes, this made the Pharisees and the teachers of the religious law mad. Made them complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. But at the 9 a.m., there was no with. <laughs> with one miss of a word, we turned the creator of the universe, our Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ, into a cannibal. That is an important word, with. In fact, I was thinking about that, and I was like, you know, what other meanings get changed if we miss the with? So I, I turn to, to the greatest research engine ever created, Facebook. And I turn to my, my beloved and close friends. And I posted, I said, will you please, you know, come up with some, some uh, situations, some sentences that are are very dependent on the, on the word with. And this is what some of them came up with. And this is some of my favorite response. Robert Hart, who actually goes here, he wrote, I'm with stupid. <laughs> well, yeah, if you're not with stupid, you turn out, I'm stupid. So it's very important. Or uh, Trinity wrote, I went hunting with my friends. Well, the with is very important because... If he wasn't with them, he went, I went hunting my friends. And if you're friends with Trinity, be careful. Morgan Mims wrote, I shot with him in the field. If you're her him, you want that with because otherwise it would be I shot him in the field. And then good friend of mine, John Crow in California, because all the creative people come from California. Mm-hmm. He came up with actually two. He's an overachiever. Uh, I really enjoyed watching the lightning strike with my kids. And of course, you take out the with, I really enjoyed watching the lightning strike my kids. Yeah, somebody's like, yeah! (laughs) You need to be here. And, uh, And then his final one was, I had a great time cooking with my wife. Yeah, 
You know, I had a good time cooking my wife. Changes the whole dynamic. You know, this word with communicates one of the most important human needs that we have. And that is the need to... You guys are smart. You're way smarter than the 9 a.m. gathering. Took, took a while to drag it out of them, but you guys are right on it. So, yeah, the need to belong. I mean, think about this. I was thinking about this in, a, in, this, in this need, and I was trying to, like, dig down into my, into my soul of, like, a time where I really wanted to belong. And, you know, there's different levels of, of your soul, right? I mean, there's... Uh, the part that's really easy to, um, it's readily accessible, and that's usually kind of the, the, the lighter stuff that's, you know, joy and, and salvation and things like that, and you can dig a little bit deeper, and there's some, you know, discipleship things going on there, but I think, you know, you can dig even really deep into your soul, and, and for a lot of us, you know, we carry a lot of uh, hurt and scarring in our soul, things that we haven't truly released. And I, I, was, I was in that area of my soul trying to conceptualize this idea of belong because I really wanted this to be a meaningful experience for us, and I really wanted us to start out this journey really kind of grasping the fundamental need that, that has been hardwired into us to belong. And you know where I found myself? I found myself in elementary school. Recess. Kickball. Picking teams. I don't know how it was in your elementary school. But in my elementary school, the team captains were, were always the most popular kids. Let's call them yin and yang. And who did yin and yang pick first? Popular kids. The jocks. The... the the cheerleaders, the, the, the beautiful people. Then who did they go to next? I actually went through this with my daughter because I didn't know what the new social groups were. I have like the 80s version, so I wanted to update it because it was like the social and the jocks when I was in, in high school, you know. Who's the next group? preppies and, and kind of the kids who kind of have like, you know, their parents, you know, do really well and things like that. And then, then she said, then, you know, the, the next tier down, you know, kind of like in the, in the elementary kind of kickball field, you know, sense of social value, you know, is, is, the, is the, you know, somebody who belongs to like an academic club, Right? The brains, the people, you know, we all work for eventually. You know, those people. Bill Gates. And then, you know, the Glee Club, right? And, and then the groups that I was in. Kind of like the, we're not too sure about that guy group. 
right? And I was sitting there and I was thinking about about how this would play out again and again and again. And, and, and I always thought, you know, wouldn't it be great, you know, be picked first? Like, I'm kind of athletic. I was thinking that as, a, as a, you know, I, I, I could bring value to this kickball team. But it wasn't about value, right? It had nothing to do with, with value. It had everything to do with kind of the middle school or elementary school version of India's caste system. You're just kind of in that group, and once you are in that group, the whole structure was put together to make sure that you knew the group you were in and that you stayed there and you served those above you. And I was thinking about this and, and, and just some really, you know, kind of uh, just reflecting. And it wasn't so much that I wanted to be picked first. It would have been nice. I just didn't want to be picked last. I didn't want to be the guy that everybody has picked the team and they were you know, sitting there and they start, you know, bartering. You know, if you take Mark, I'll give you my Snickers bar. Right? Anybody experience anything like this or, or watch that? I mean, it's, it's the caste system. It's human nature. Because it does not end in elementary school, it goes right into middle school, and it goes right into high school. How many times has a group of friends been going somewhere to eat, and you run up to the car, you want to get in, there's no room. There's no room, right? Have you ever been no room for you? Or maybe coming up to, to a table, Maybe in college. Maybe it's a lunch after church. And a group of people are sitting there. And you just worshiped with them. You just sang with them. You just shared. Maybe even took communion with your brother or sister in Christ. But there's no room at the table for them. And I was thinking about this and thinking about the concept of with. And in every single one of those situations, three words would have changed my world. Three words would have changed your world. Somebody turning to me, somebody turning to you and saying, you're with us. You're with us. You belong. Sure, maybe you're not the first person we're going to pick, but you're with us. You know what? Sure, we're going to break 14 seat belt codes by jamming you in the back seat, but you're with us. And I would say, you know what? I don't know what the greater risk is. 
seated at a table. You know what? Inconveniencing the server a little bit, pulling another table over, squishing in on the bench seat so you're a little bit uncomfortable to change somebody's life, to say, you're with us. It changes everything. I remember before my wife Shannon was my wife. Before we were known as Mark and Shannon. You know what I mean by that? Like you got Dan and Renee, you know? You just have people that, that, that just, you know, they, they go together. They're, they are a couple. That's how you think of them. Before, before that, before I was a, a pastor, before she was a pastor's wife, before I lost my hair, There was times where we go into situations and we were not Mark and Shannon yet in people's minds. There was Mark and then there was, you know, in my social circles, there was this hottie. And this one particular time when we were not Mark and Shannon yet, we were not with each other in, in the social collective mind. I was standing with some of my 20-something friends, and Shannon, not yet pastor's wife, not yet Mrs., you know, McNeese, but Shannon, Shannon Ray Remington. Don't tell her I said that. (laughs) She comes walking in, and the guys that I am with start making comments. Hey, look what just walked in. This is how guys talk. Girls we're all dirtbags. It's just that's that's for free. Hey, look at her. Hey, yeah, she's pretty hot. You know, all that kind of kind of talk, and I let it go a little bit. And then she comes over. She sees me, and I took a, I look at him, and I say, "Yeah, she's with me." <laughs> Losers, you know. <laughs> You know, this beautiful idea of with. This idea that, that when a, a young woman who, who, you know, maybe has been married, you know, a couple years or whatever, goes into her parents' house And takes her mother's hands and puts it on her belly. Says, Mom, I'm with child. With matters. A lonely person hearing the words, you're with us. Or how about this? A first date kind of situation, a boy and a girl. And the boy or the girl, you know, comes up to the other one and, and, and says, you want to go with me to the prom, 
Do you want to go with me to Red Eye Coffee? It's so delicious. It's fair trade, organic. All the profits go to humanitarian efforts. <laughs> this section brought to you by Red Eye Coffee. <laughs> With. And this is really it, right? In, 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 in Luke chapter 15, in verse 2, the religious rulers, yin and yang, the man, the top of the social kind of power structure. This new rabbi is in on the scene getting all these people, you know, to come and listen to him and, and all of this stuff. And, and they're upset. Why? Because Jesus is not with them. Who's Jesus with? Sinners. In fact, we know from Scripture that the Pharisees and the religious rulers tried very hard to kind of get onto the coattails of this rising religious star. And Jesus said, you know what? I did not come for those who think they are good enough. Emphasis on the think. I came to seek and save the lost. And you know what? If the choice is talking through theology with you or eating with sinners, I'm going to pick eating with sinners every single time. Because I didn't come for those who think they're good enough. I came to seek and save the lost. Seek them and save them from what? Isolation. from being outside. He came for all of us who have been separated from God. For all of us who have had broken relationships and have do not belong. And God comes to us and He says, you're with us. You are wanted. You belong. Paul writes about this in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 14. This idea of Jesus eating with sinners and those of us who are followers of Christ will follow Christ and what He does. And that Christians should not devote all their time trying to gain favor from the religious establishment, but to go and do what Jesus did and seek and help save the lost, to eat with sinners. And Paul writes in verse 14, For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus did not come to eat people. Right? That's a horrible mistranslation. 
Jesus came to eat with people. But somehow, you know what, by the very first century, people lost the with. Can you believe that? Jesus died. He was buried. He rose from the dead. And he told his disciples, his followers, to go and make disciples. Tell people they belong. That there is a loving God who says, you're with us. We are community. You belong. And by the verse, first century in, in Galatians, just one verse later, after verse 14, after Paul says, look, love your neighbor as yourself. Verse 15, they miss the with. But if you, verse 15, but if you are always biting and devouring one another, by the first century, they already forgot the with. They forgot that Jesus was eating with sinners, and they got right into the eating sinners business. But if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. This concept of with is at the essence of our faith. This idea of belonging is interesting to me over the years, how, how Christians have, have moved meanings of Scripture, that, that they've taken Scripture out of context to make it sound like it means something that it was never intended to communicate. One such example is found in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, where, where the, uh, Paul writes, uh, you know what, don't adhere to the customs of this world, you know, don't be of, don't, you know, don't be of this world, be in this world, but don't be of this world. You guys know that, that scripture. And everybody, you know, how I get heard it, you know, being taught, and I've heard it taught so many times, that that scripture is about what? Well, don't go to Hooters, don't go to R-rated movies, don't do this, don't do that, don't, 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 don't. Have you ever read Romans 2? Or 12, verse 2, in context, you know what it's about? It's about belonging. It's saying, don't adhere to the customs of this world. What are the customs of this world? Kickball. Right? India's caste system. You know what? I'm on top. You're not, you listen to me. And then if you're on the bottom, you're going to scramble so you can be on top to treat other people like dung. Yeah, we've established you can say dung at E3. talking about the body of Christ. It's saying don't adhere to the kickball 
team selection rules, but be part of the body of Christ where we look at each other and say, you know what? You are a valuable part of the church, that you are part of the body, that you belong. That you look at one another and you say, Susan, you are part of the body. You belong. That you look at people and you look at them through Christ's eyes and say, you belong. You're with us. The church. And this is the message of Jesus Christ. If you flip back just a, a few chapters into uh, Romans chapter 8, Paul writes about the message of Jesus Christ. In verse 1, he writes, So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. This idea that, you know what, Jesus says, you know what, I want to come to your house and sup with you. I want to eat with you. Guess what? I choose you. And if you will open up the door and eat with me, we're not going to do the caste system, but we will eat together as friends. That I invite you to eat with me, to be with me, to belong to me. And he continues on and says, and because you belong to him, check this out. Those of us who belong to the church of Jesus Christ, those of us who belong to the creator of the universe. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. And then he goes on and says, you know what? The law of Moses couldn't do that. You, couldn't, you can't work your way to you know, favor with God. You can't, you know, Give your way or, 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 you know, write your way or speak your way into a relationship with God? No. Like we talked about last week, that he sought us out, that God's perfect weakness is his love for us, his desire for us to be with him. And when we follow the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the very Spirit of God, the Spirit of God that raised Christ from the dead, it indwells in us. And when we look at one another and say, you're with us, you belong. That the gates of hell crumble. Because we have decided not to look at people with our own eyes. But we have decided to look at people through Christ's eyes. As beautiful creations. And when we open ourselves up to be a miracle. 
to be the miracle of the person who looks at someone who has been isolated, to someone who, is, who has been demeaned, to someone who has been neglected, and we point to them and say, you know what, you're with us, that you are invited, that we have just become a miracle in someone's And it's through giving this gift that, that John wrote in his gospel in chapter 13. Your love for one another will prove to the world you are my disciples. Our love for one another is the proof. Not our Christian t-shirts. Not Christian music. Not even Christian bumper stickers. No, our love, our belonging, transcending the law and customs of this world, transcending the kickball field. In saying, you're with us. Paul also wrote in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 2. This idea of sharing each other's burdens. And in this way, we're obeying the law of Christ. What's the law of Christ? Love God, love people. Love God, love people. And when we share one another's burdens... We are obeying this law. And this is what I want to leave you with. I would like to cross out the letter Y. The letter Y, like the word with, changes things, especially when it comes to community, comes to belonging. comes to carrying one another's burdens. You see, it's very easy that, that you know you can go up to somebody and, and and say, "You know what? I'm sorry about your burden. I'll pray for you, brother. Pray for you, sister. I hear it all, all the time. In fact, I listen for the your, the why in your. Somebody comes up and says, you know, hey, your church I automatically knows something, right? Number one, it's not my church, Jesus' church. Number two, God has called us to steward His church. That's our church. When somebody starts saying your church, I know where they're coming from. But if somebody comes up and says, hey, Mark, I have an idea for our church. Getting rid of that why changes things. And on an individual level, it changes too. Say that Donna 
comes to me and says, Pastor Mark, you know, I'm dealing with this, this, this burden, this, this, this pressure and everything. And I say, you know what, Donna, I'll pray for you. And I hope you overcome your problem. It's terrible. That's one way to handle it, right? In fact, Lot would say, hey, you know, he said he'd pray for her. That's, that's good. That might be good, but let's not let good be the enemy of great. Be the enemy of the vision that God has called us to belong to. Say that Donna came to me and said, Pastor Mark, you're my pastor, you're my friend, and I'm going through this. I have this burden. If I turn to Donna and I said, Donna, it's not your problem. Let's get rid of that why. It's our problem. And you know what? We will overcome our problem together. That, you know what? If you and I can't do it, we'll bring in Mia. If Mia and you and I can't overcome it, then Susan will jump in. And we keep on going out because it's our problem. Because we carry one another's burdens. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, that's what it means to belong to something. That you get rid of that why and we say, you know what, this is our church, this is our burdens, these are our blessings. These are the things that God has entrusted to us. Because ultimately, Jesus didn't come to pray for your sin. Or feel bad about your sin or my sin. What did Jesus do? He took sin upon himself. Because we could not pay the price. And when we accepted that, that invitation... To have Him be our Lord and our Savior and our friend. That it's not just between Him and I, but it's about us. Because it is our faith. It is our community. It is our calling. And it is our time to be the church that belongs to Jesus Christ.